we're recording this one very early, so yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I had to I had to make sure I had a cup of coffee ready to go. So I'm Oh yeah. If yeah. only I drank caffeine, I'd be much better off. Well, I'm, Cheryl, I'm using your your second anniversary Ooh. MMM mug, so Nice. <laughs> if we take a photo, you'll have to hold it up. Yes. Mmm, <laughs> coffee. Mmm, mug. I'm drinking now. I'm a Sean in a dead mug where it says you got red Ooh. on you. It's a little bit of red spot. Yeah. On it. Awesome. <laughs> that was just on, was that just yesterday? I think I was watching a bit. No, I was watching Hot Fuzz yesterday. Sean of the Dead was on a couple of days Ooh. ago. Ooh, nice. Love yeah. <laughs> This is a house that appreciates quality mugs. (laughs) Yeah, you guys have a lot of ones. You guys have so many. I would seriously, anytime I got coffee, I would spend five minutes just going, which mug? Yeah, I know. It's a difficult decision. (laughs) What does this mug say about me? (laughs) What mug am I in the mood for today? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Oh, man. And Lately, I've been going with the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, nice. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. This yeah, has been Mug Talk with... <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of coffee, in us, oh, no. Sunset Boulevard, how about that cool coffee percolator thing that they Right? Do? I had to yes. look that up. I was, I was, I yes. In is the, that one of the fancy the, like tea sets? At the or studio, no, it was at the studio when they were oh, writing. Oh yeah, and she's making writing. coffee, and I was like, "What kind of a coffee pot is that?" Even I haven't seen one of those. Yeah, I, we had an old one at our house for a long time, but it wasn't like we that. We had an old percolator. No, yeah, they put a, an, another percolators coffee are pot cool. upside down on top of it. I it's kind of yeah. yeah. I don't know what that mm-hmm. was. Uh, but I think it's called a vacuum oh. uh, percolator. Interesting. Because I kind of want one now. Yeah. Yes. It looks look very retro. It's like, like a, it should be popular yeah. again. Coffee making art piece. Yes. Do we lose Andrew? No, I just don't. He doesn't have, any- have anything to say about coffee. <laughs> <laughs> when I watch Sunset Boulevard, I notice, you know, the acting, the writing, the performances. Oh, Andrew, Andrew you're not, you're not, machine. you haven't lived till you really notice the coffee machines in Sunset that's Boulevard. That's right. I, like, that's real cinema talk right there. Um. <laughs> that would be an interesting podcast, I think. The coffee, coffee and movies. Uh, you know, hold on, hold on. I might do that show then. Because <laughs> I love coffee and I love movies. I think well, that's then, a topic. See? There yeah. we go. And there was a whole, there, I, there was a whole, um, oh, what was the guy's name? Every Frame of Painting YouTube. Uh, he did a mm-hmm. whole video on chairs and movies. Oh. That's right. He did. <laughs> it's very yes. good. It's true. Very, it's, very good. I saw that video. That was, was really good. Um, yeah. <laughs> there we go. There, there's, there's so I, many I, possibilities I, out there. We you know. found a way mm-hmm. to be viral. Um. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but speaking of Sunset Boulevard, yeah, I've never seen it before. Neither have I. Oh. I thought I had seen it. Um, it was one of my mom's favorites because she used to like talk like Norma Desmond. You know, she would do that. Yeah. I think when she saw that movie as a young woman, it really struck a note with her. Like that, that lady just creeped her out. So, and, and the epitome of crazy so. woman, she would, yeah, yeah. It was, I, I loved watching it. We got to go see it at the drive-in. Yeah. Oh yeah, me um, too. I, I was there in a separate vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> A parking space apart, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it was great. It was such a good good way to watch it, old school style. In the yeah. I yeah, because I had home. not seen it. I didn't even know what it was about. 
Oh boy, so I I, went into I, it I, good way, that's a good way to go into that. Yeah, movie. all I had ever yeah. seen of it was you know the stuff that like the pop culture stuff of it where everybody makes fun yeah. of that scene on the staircase. Yes. I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. And, <laughs> but that's, so I knew it was like some actress something, I don't know, but I didn't know really what it was either. Now, same. I, I, I think I'm as I watch more and more like classic movies and then watch more and more cartoons from like the 80s and the 90s <laughs> it's become very clear to me that it's like oh you're all just a bunch of film nerds that saw the same 50s movies yep, on repeat right? and you just found a way to put them in the cartoon shows which I that's a whole other topic but I feel like as I got older, I was like, huh, it's weird that me as a nine-year-old knew how to quote Sunset Boulevard thanks to Tiny <laughs> Yes. Right. You know? Yeah, that weird unintended consequence of their, of yes. their, <laughs> their show. Yes. Yeah. No. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of like reminding me when I was a kid that like, I, when I was in high school and I read Of Mice and Men. And then I realized, yeah. like, oh, the snowman is Lenny from the Bugs Bunny cartoons. <laughs> oh, my God. That's why he talks like that. <laughs> right? So now I, it's kind of nice to watch this film. It's been on it's been on my radar um, <laughs> for a while. I almost said the title of the show. But <laughs> go for it. You are go allowed for it. to do been, that. It's been on my list for years. And I... I've always been meaning to watch more Billy Wilder. Uh, mm. I'm a huge fan of the movie The Apartment. So. Oh yeah, yeah, we did and, that one a while back. It was great. Yes, no, I'm glad. They, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad y'all. I'm glad you liked it. And so, like, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. But I've never saw Sunset Boulevard, and it's been one of those things where I went, like, why am I? Yeah. Why do I keep avoiding this? I just don't know. I've it's like the, I avoided it. But yeah. I've been the mm. same way. Yeah, that it's one that I'm like, I I actually want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Why haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad. I was glad when it came up as a possibility for us here because I was like, yeah, I've actually wanted to see it. So this will make me yes. finally do it. Yeah. And it's. I'm, I'm so glad. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I know when I, I put this on as something that I, I thought we should all watch, I was like, I can't believe. How did all of my friends miss this. This is such a, like a, a good, you know, such a good little movie. And yeah, I, I think even when I first watched it, I didn't realize it was Billy Wilder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I've really come to appreciate like all of his film, every single one that I've seen. It's, he has such a, a way with balancing like a, you know, a comedy and, and drama. He is, you know, when we did the apartment, we talked about, that a little bit, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where if 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 the apartment had just gone, you know, one inch in the other direction, it would have, you know, I believe Joe compared it to the uh, the current film Joker. Yeah. <laughs> I did, and I still I want that mashup. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a comparison. Joe, you you have the editing software. You have the power. <laughs> I don't, but I should get some and learn. I got nothing. Yeah, that would be really great. The deep fake Jack Lemon's face on Joaquin. No, <laughs> no, no. You'd have to probably go to a different movie to get him to do that really scary smile, though. That's true. Yes. I'm it, sure Jack Lemon's done a scary yeah, smile. Yeah, it must in a exist movie. somewhere. I bet you it's in Glen Gary, Glen Ross. I, bet I was you actually just there. about to say oh. that same thing. Ooh. I can think of that a moment. Or, or... Cindy has this like smile, and he could use that for sure.
My name is Elisa Gonzalez, and I have seen Sunset Boulevard. My name is Andrew Lindy, and I had seen Sunset Boulevard. And joining us today as a special guest, uh, my co-host from Nothing New, a remake podcast, it's Justin. Hi, uh, that's me. I'm Justin Kizan, and I somehow never saw Sunset Boulevard. (laughs) I'm Bethany Brinton, and I had not seen Sunset Boulevard. I am Cheryl Jones, and I had not seen Sunset Boulevard. I'm Joe Myers, and I also had not seen Sunset Boulevard. And this is It's On My List. So, uh, to me, yeah, I didn't know this movie started with uh, a dead guy, basically. Uh, I feel like you know, the, but the 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 way this movie starts is is also parodied in other so yeah. parodied. Yeah. And, and first thing I told homage. Joe, I said we were just talking about that with um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. you're exactly. probably wondering how I got into this situation. And he's at a pool, <laughs> and he's you're looking up, seeing him like from underneath the pool. Right. But this, yeah, this is probably one of the instances that started that. Yeah, oh, yeah. It could be the. I, I always think of um, American Beauty, strangely, because mm-hmm. you don't know your narrator is dead, and you're. It's like an overhead shot of like the neighborhood, like you're flying above it, <laughs> so it's almost <laughs> like oh, like he's ascending or something. But it's yeah, it's 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 that weird like opening. Well, you probably didn't know how I got in the situation before it was like wonky. Right. <laughs> well, I and I well, read a, it, I read a thing yeah. and I don't know whether it's true, but uh, it said that the original opening was Joe, our main character. It was his body in the morgue talking mm-hmm. with other dead men about how they died, but it didn't. <laughs> but it didn't yeah. test well, and so they changed it to this this floating in the pool thing. Yeah, I, I actually I think that's, knew that's, about that. I actually knew oh, about that. I, never, yeah. <laughs> I still haven't seen the film, but for some reason, I knew that factoid. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> now, I really think that is an instance of Billy Wilder realizing, okay, yeah, that is that makes it almost too much comedy. We need, we, yeah, right. it's yeah. too right. silly. Like no, it's agreed. too much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would have been uh, weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know? like it would be weird if they actually showed them like sitting up and right, talking. Right, that's it would be what even I wonder. If it just showed them dead and you heard like voices. Yeah, like, either what? way, it just doesn't work. I don't want to watch. Yeah, that. it doesn't fit the rest yeah, of the movie. I probably would have laughed through that. Yeah, that's how we meet uh, Joe, mm-hmm. uh, who is a a writer who's not really doing that well. Uh, a writer for uh, for movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just kind of like that. From here, it, it's it's very much you know in the in the noir style. He's yes. like you know they they were after me. They wanted to take my car, and I had to go. I had to go on the lamb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it's yeah. Like the, the weirdest noir ever. He's like <laughs> hiding his car. Like, oh no, I loaned it to a friend who's in Palm Springs. And they're like, well, you better yeah. have it back by tomorrow. And then it turns out, oh yeah, no, I'm just actually hiding it at this other this parking lot. And this guy lets me put it over there. And, I hide it where a guy doesn't ask me about my finances. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It does start very nor. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then you even get, like, a car chase because he's just tooling down the street there in Hollywood and or in Beverly Hills. And those, these guys, these repo guys, spot him 
and they have like a full-on car chase down Sunset. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I was like, holy cow. Wasn't expecting a car chase in this. A 40 <laughs> mile an hour drive. Right. Yeah, chase. Yeah, I mean, 40 miles an hour in a, in a boat on a road. Kind of a, when they make that U-turn, I was, oh. I, every time so I get cool. scared. Yes. <laughs> Come on, those cars are well balanced. You're not going to like, yeah. <laughs> Until they're not. I just it's not the balance it's it's running into each other. Oh that's yes. Just, yes, that would not be There's two pieces of metal that will never detach again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's no crumple zones on those cars. No. <laughs> but th- this is what leads Joe to meeting Norma Desmond, who is a a kind of uh uh she was a silent star, but this character is made up. It's not based on any one real person it's right. based on yeah. kind of the idea of there was a silent movie star who couldn't make it in the talkies yeah uh, and thus has kind of found no more fame mm-hmm. and that's uh, that yeah. kind of fascinated me in, in the factor that like mm-hmm. you know one of my other favorite movies is singing in the rain and oh, like yeah that <laughs> that movie addresses that transition right and I think it's sort of interesting to look at this movie and in, it is kind of that thing where I'm kind of fascinated by this period of Hollywood where it's like we've acknowledged that at one point we kind of screwed over generation one movie stars <laughs> and right, um, yeah. and we didn't know how to they didn't know how to move into this new era it was scary it was off and some of them just didn't know how to adjust and I was, I'm kind of fascinated by this period because it's like it's it's such a yeah it makes sense it's such a huge change from being someone that all you had to do was just you know as Norma says act with your eyes <laughs> and like mm-hmm. and and to transition from that to being someone who had to now utilize your voice and it's sort of tragic to hear the multiple stories of silent film actors who couldn't really get there and um, yeah, like yeah. died in poverty and obscurity yeah 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 absolutely and so it's I a, yeah well no it's interesting with Norma that you she's so melodramatic all the time and it's such that's such a silent film mannerism where everything was so it was so overacted because you had to use your eyes and your body and everything to show these you know what you're trying to say so you see that in a lot of the old silent films where it's very broad and big and that mm-hmm. yeah she just couldn't in her life as an entirety, she couldn't bring it down, you know, to, yeah. to do this kind well, of modern acting. It's right? the line in uh, it's the line in Singing in the Rain. She's like, well, it's not acting. It's just a lot of dumb show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. No, and I like the the. Uh, sorry, no, I, I love the scene which we'll probably get to later on, where she has her her old silent film friends over yes, for bridge. Yes, I love oh, yeah. the, the only one that I visually recognized sadly was was Buster Keaton. Yes, because yes. he's, uh, he's such a distinct. Yeah, face. But I also Keaton. love that they never talk. I don't think any of them he talk in that no. scene. I nope. didn't even I didn't even consciously realize that that they the mm-hmm. silent film stars didn't well, talk. In and that. and in that same way, his <laughs> face says a million words. Like he yes, says, yes. yes. Didn't Just, need to. Yeah, I kind of love. I, that's brilliant, might I add, that they cast yeah. these silent film stars to basically play washed-up silent film actors. Yeah. And yeah, the added detail that they don't say anything in this awkward yes. scene. 
I, one, what I, is, I, Joe calls them the wax museum. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, if you are someone of a certain generation, maybe the only thing that you know them from is a wax figure in a museum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got like, That's almost literal. Yeah. I gotta imagine being yeah. in the audience watching that scene and just going immediately going, Oh my god. <laughs> like they yes. got that oh, that's Buster. That's so and so, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean like Buster Keaton did have a career after silent films, but mm-hmm. it, and he was in he had the little cameo in It's a Mad the Mad cameo, Mad Mad yes. World. But it was the same thing where he was being a silent film style actor in that cameo. He didn't, I, oh, I think he says one line in it, but he's doing the very physical comedy kind of thing he would have done in his silent film. So it always kind of came mm-hmm. back to that, you know, because yeah. that's how people knew him best. I even, um, I, I also enjoy the way that uh, when they get to the part where Norma does her little shows for Joe, her little uh, musical <laughs> yes. numbers. And then when she's, she says, oh, close your eyes, I'll be right back. And she comes out as Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Like, yeah. She, oh, yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, like she is so stuck in this time. Like right. she is just, right. this is, and the way that they play like his style of like a Chaplin style music there, but it's distorted. Like it is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, it's so yeah. it's really creepy and like you you clearly know what it's supposed to be referencing, but you're just so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable <laughs> to watch. Yeah, and why is yeah mm. <laughs> why is she's putting the shows on for him? And <laughs> it's all she knows how to do. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, I love that it starts like so in such a. So, like a celebrity fashion when we're first meeting her because Joe like Joe you know his tire blows out is how he ends up there and he puts his car in her garage because it looks like the house is just abandoned and mm-hmm. but then the, there's a butler there and he's like hurry up she's waiting for you you know whatever it, it, let me know oh if you need gosh. help with the coffin totally and he yeah and, and you're like what and and he goes upstairs and she's like got this covered thing and she's like oh I want this kind of coffin with this lining and we'll bury him out in the backyard and you're like is is it like her husband what do you you know and then like in the backyard and then you see she has a a monkey (laughs) a dead monkey that's like and that's so hollywood michael jackson yes yes yeah it that really reverberates to to modern celebrity yeah right that there's been so many red flags joe so many yeah, right. Joe, the moment they think that you're an, the undertaker you wouldn't like oh, i'm just gonna leave yeah you know what i can drive on the flat for a bit yeah yeah, yeah exactly the monkey exactly. should have been your call to, i am leaving <laughs> well, yeah because i remember he i love the line where he's peeking through like as he's they put him up in, in the room above the garage or whatever mm-hmm. he's peeking through and he's he's watching their little ceremony he's yes. just like performed with all the the pomp and circumstance <laughs> that any other funeral would have been <laughs> he's like these people are crazy but it's okay <laughs> there's money in it for me there's money. <laughs> him him describing uh the house similar to the character from great expectations is yes one of those like oh, yes yeah. miss Havisham. yeah yes thank you i was trying to figure out the, i remember the name of the character but it's like that's one of those cases where it's again i'm like you know that why are you still there right but it's a perfect description of her yeah you'd be like yeah i'm a little creeped out i'm gonna go thanks yeah uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I I kind of thought of uh, Grey Gardens a little bit. Oh yeah, God. oh definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's really it, watching this, and uh, I had only uh, just a couple of months ago I had rewatched Grey Gardens, 
And I just really thought, and Grey Gardens took place after this. Like this is like they. <laughs> well, great, great, was that like the sixties or the seventies? Yeah, it was like the yeah some somewhere around then. And I just thought this is <laughs> they should have seen this movie. Yeah, right. And went, oh, don't do this. this no, is- <laughs> no self awareness, none. Yeah, and not to get too off topic, topic, but if you watch a documentary now, <laughs> oh yeah, they oh, yeah. have an. Excellent spoof of Grey Gardens they do. with it's uh, very Bill good. Hader and uh, and Fred Armisen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a great show all around. <laughs> oh, it's just. Oh, uh, it we haven't mentioned, have we, that it's Gloria Swanson who plays Norman Desmond? Just no, I don't know. I mean, I no, think and people know that. And me, not. I mean, like, I, I again, I we knew of this movie for for those of us that hadn't seen it. Like, it was kind of in the general lexicon, but I could never remember. And this is probably a testament to the performance. I can never remember who was the real name. Like, is it Gloria Swanson playing Norma, or is it Norma playing Gloria? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, oh my goodness! And then it's uh, William Holden as Joe Gillis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one person who pops up later, or early and late in this, uh, is. Um, Oh gosh, I didn't write his name down. Uh, Joe Friday, you know. Uh, oh yeah. Um, oh for goodness sakes! Now I got to bring it up. Because, Jack Webb. Yes, I had as ne- Artie. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a oh. young Jack Webb before, and I was really like, "Wow, look, he was young." <laughs> this is kind of exciting. He was young. <laughs> he wasn't always Joe Friday. That's true. No, he, was, he was so full of life and vigor here. Right. <laughs> yes. You could have called him Joe Monday. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> No, but the 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 act. I think the the casting in this is so interesting. Uh, oh because, yeah. Because uh, the the butler character Max. Uh-huh. Uh, he is Max. played by Eric von <laughs> Stroheim. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Eric von Stroheim was a a silent film director, mm-hmm. and had directed Gloria Swanson. Oh my yeah. god! Oh wow! There's, yeah, there's so, so many layers yeah. in this film. Like, and the and there's there's the 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 reveal. I I mm-hmm. find this reveal to be so like I remember when I first watched this movie, and that reveal comes, yeah. I lost my. I was like, this is nuts! Like, what, <laughs> this, is out. this is not no, okay. Where, where yes. Max Max had discovered uh, Norma, and yes. had put her in the movies and directed her and was her first husband. Mm-hmm. And now just diligently serves her because he just cannot leave her. Like, it's I got, just, yeah. Oh god. I was like, and, oh my god. <laughs> Andrew, I gotta say, like when that reveal dropped, like I, 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 I was like, I just finished the movie this morning, and I got to that scene, and I just like each new thing he kept saying, I was like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> that is. Oh my god! And then when I looked up the. And then yeah, when then when I actually looked up Eric uh, Eric von Strom, I'm like, well, that's even wilder that he actually <laughs> he actually was a silent film director who actually directed Gloria Swanson, and so yeah, no, I think yeah, when you mentioned someone mentioned her like like just second like 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 such a layers, I was just like, D- ah ah, this like, <laughs> like, I, like I feel like this movie is a massive commentary on clearly it's a massive commentary on the literal dark side of Hollywood and. Mm-hmm. And the idea that it's being told by one of the, you know, famous directors of Hollywood is really fascinating to me in a whole other level. No, well, it's interesting to me also that it is such a dark story, but they got so many real people to play mm-hmm. it, like Buster Keaton and Hedda Hopper and Cecil B. DeMille and these people playing themselves in 
this movie that really says some very dark things about Hollywood and what it can do to a person. Mm-hmm. The this I think the Cecil B. DeMille thing is is really interesting because he's excellent, by the way. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, like, he like, is. I didn't know he could act that well. Yeah. Like, he was really good. He's like, well, I've told people what to do enough times. It's probably not that hard. <laughs> but he, I, I think the they they do a really smart thing because what Norma wants to do in this film, the reason why she connects so so quickly with Joe is because he's a writer and she goes, well, I'm working on a script. It's my big, it's, it's my return. She doesn't yes. like to come back. Mm. Yes. And yeah. it's for, what, what is it? Salome? Salome. 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 Oh, Sa- Sa- they even Salome. played, yeah. there's a song called Salome and it plays under yes. part of that. So yes. Yeah. And, and, uh, that's kind of like, isn't that like a, like a vaguely biblical epic kind of style uh, of story? Yeah. I think it's, uh, I mean, I could be completely wrong. I'm going to look it up right now. But I think it's almost like a Ben-Hur sort of like yeah. and so yeah. offshoot of for, Bible. For <laughs> Cecil B. DeMille, like his, you know, his uh, like Ten Commandments, what he was working on there was the um, Samson and Delilah is what we actually see in the movie. Oh, okay. yeah. It's an actual film he was working on. Uh, and so it's it's kind of like, ah, like, yeah, this is the director you would get to do that movie. Right. Like it, just, mm-hmm. it all feels so well put together. Yeah. And I love that everyone was willing to play ball. In like yes. playing versions of themselves, yeah. yes. playing like a- acknowledging the commentary that that Wilder was, was saying, it's like, yeah, no, I'll I'll play myself, and and it's he puts a lot of himself in like Cecil B. Apparently put a lot of himself in his performance. I I think I heard the thing, I read the thing where like the little the the the, the term that he uh was it like this the 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 little nickname that he gave Norma when she walked in the scene is his actual oh. nickname. To Gloria, oh my gosh. So, yeah. like, that's oh, wow. actually what he calls her in real life. So he just like I'm just gonna call her. Yeah, I'm just gonna call her the same thing that I call her in oh, real life. Man, <laughs> wow. Yeah, where that where that fourth wall just gets like blurrier and blurrier. You're like, what's up? Yeah. Where you start to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like the I, wall is made of tissue paper, and you're like, Don't. yes. <laughs> the, I I really think there is something about you know movies about movies have been made since the beginning of movies <laughs> yeah. but there is there is something to I want a the way that, that says that <laughs> <laughs> there, there really is something to the way that that is done now where it's all very wink wink and happy yeah. go lucky yeah and in the early days they were very willing to be like no this is kind of scary <laughs> right it's, yeah you're gonna be replaced in a, in a second uh your your star will fall as fast as it rises well, Andrew, you, know, you and me they, definitely have experience yeah. with that watching all four versions of A Star is Born. And yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. I mean, you guys should get, like, an honorary Oscar just for doing that. <laughs> it was a long day. <laughs> uh, wait, in a day? We didn't watch all movies in a we day. We recorded the episode in one day. Yeah, yeah but we, oh, okay. it, was a, it was a lot to talk about. <laughs> Better you than me. <laughs> I do have to say that I think uh, I made a note to myself. This dude's got a seriously bad attitude. Uh, Because when Joe's first... Which one? Well, Joe. (laughs) Joe, when Joe's first coming in and she's like, oh, I've written this screenplay and read it and whatever. And I I noted his quote was, sometimes it's interesting to see just how bad writing can be. This promised to go the limit. And then later he's talking about 
about Max the butler, and he's like, he's there's something off about him too. He goes, a stroke maybe. <laughs> like, what a jerk! <laughs> like, he's just. I mean, hey, if you're a jaded writer living in L.A. and everyone tells you your stories are like meh, and yeah, I would kind of be pissed off at everything yeah. around I, me I, too. Yeah, that is kind of the the interesting thing about Joe. What we get from him as a writer is when he's first uh, before he's really uh, before he gets stuck at the at the mansion. Oh. Uh, he goes to a producer, right? And he, he's trying yeah. to pitch one of his yes. scripts. And he starts the pitch, and the producer finishes it. He's like, yeah, yeah. And then he goes to the big oh, leagues. Oh, the baseball and he, thing, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, and he has to throw the game. Yeah, I get it. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah you're in the system, and you just can't break out of it. And then the uh-huh. the, the reader comes in. Uh, that's... Um, that's Betty. Betty. Betty, right. And she... She comes in and doesn't know that he's the one who wrote it. And she's like, yeah, it's a real stinker. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the world that he's in where yes, it's like the stories true. have all been told before. Everyone mm-hmm. can finish when you start a sentence, they can finish it because that's the way this movie goes. Right. And then someone comes in and tells you that you stink. Like that's, that's the life of a writer in Hollywood <laughs> yes. for him. It reminded right. me a bit of um, if, if you guys haven't seen it yet, I'd highly recommend uh, Mank. At yeah. the beginning, it's, when yeah. when he's he's going in and pitching, a story. I won't give away the scene because it's excellent. But it's kind of the same thing where he like runs into a producer and like starts pitching him a story, and they kind of have to create it as they're going along. That's next up <laughs> on my viewing list. Yeah. Uh, uh, I also want to point out that uh, that the producer was named Sheldrake, and my brain just kept going right back to the apartment. <laughs> it's like because he kept calling oh. Sheldrake. <laughs> I, I thought that sounded familiar. He Dang, likes yeah. that name. Yeah. Um, uh, it made me think I, that scene made me think of Martin Fink. There were a couple of things in here that did, but that's another mm-hmm. story about a Hollywood writer with you know who can't produce anything. I feel mm. like the opening scene with the opening narration with with Joe talking about my scripts are either too formulaic or too original, and they don't want any of them. Is one of the most <laughs> like like. Like, ouch, I, I get that. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, nothing's changed. Nothing's, no, nothing's changed. changed. No, I think that's what really gets me about that scene with Joe in the opening. It's like, nothing's changed. This could have easily mm-hmm. been 20... Well, maybe not 2020. 20, yeah. <laughs> 2019 and 2018. And you could have had that same writer do the exact same tricks to try to get out of debt while trying yep. to sell a screenplay or something. Yeah. That's what makes it good. Well, and um, I was... So I, I saw this at the at the same drive-in uh, with Elisa and Joe getting separate cars, um, but and, and that was that was what maybe like two or three weeks ago, and so opening up Discord today, I was like, okay, I should probably just recap the movie just so I remember what happened. So I go, you go to YouTube, you type in recap, mm-hmm. and somebody, of course, there's like a bazillion Sunset Boulevard like <laughs> commentaries and reviews and stuff, and I didn't watch the video, but it was actually really interesting. They did a comparison, I guess, on the themes between Sunset Boulevard and um, Parasite. Uh, just like oh. delusion and don't give anything and, uh, away like, I haven't seen Paris no I, I will not I will not but like higher class versus lower class yeah. and, and like the integration it, it and like the more I begin to think about it I'm like oh yeah and you know you know Bong Joon-ho has probably seen Sunset Boulevard like oh, more yeah. times than we've been oh, alive yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just that very cool thing of like oh yeah that, that theme can can go on for the rest of time and we'd still be interested <laughs> Oh, that's a good... I gotta see that. That's actually a really good... Yeah, Yeah, I'm probably gonna watch it when we're done here. I I was struck by... uh, Well, one thing I... I, We were talking about, like, points at which Joe should have left. Uh, the (laughs) The point when he woke up in the morning and they had moved all of his stuff 
from his apartment yeah. into yep. oh this room over the garage that they put him in. Like, okay, I have to leave now because uh, that's <laughs> that's creepy. So <laughs> but um, but I loved her car that she was like, oh, it's all handmade, and she had like really cool upholstery in it. I thought it was funny anyway. Uh, but she says it cost her twenty eight thousand. I'm like, that's like around what my car cost <laughs> like when I bought right. it it's like 26 well she was driving like a that. car from what like the 30s yes right? I know but still it's just yeah. the numbers they're like wow okay <laughs> I didn't go back in time I could have gotten all of that man <laughs> I love the and like speaking of chances to leave I love when uh, she has her New Year's Eve party which is kind of oh, when yes. things really start to yes, unravel yeah. they're really ramping and up my, there yeah. my favorite like I mean the whole thing's creepy my yes. favorite creepy detail is um, so like yes, of course. Right away you figure out like he he's like oh I'm the I'm the only one here. It's it's yes. it's me in a tux and it's it's Gloria wanting to dance with me. But she says I think they get into an argument or something and she says oh like let's let's go upstairs. We we can't let the musicians know that like something's not right. I'm like I think they know. Yeah yeah I love it. Like he by the way they don't care. Yeah like she runs off. He he leaves the house. He goes to another party that Jack Webb and, and yeah. And and Betty are having and he comes back the band is still there playing nobody's been downstairs Mm-mm. in uh-huh. ages and then it's like yeah yeah she tried to kill herself don't let the band know You're like why yeah, are yeah, they yeah, yeah. still playing <laughs> Send them hey, home. that's their job you, you get paid for three hours you're gonna I play know, three hours let them tell them you know what just go home here's your money go <laughs> uh, that's I'm gonna say that's the most surprising element of the film for me I didn't know that the biggest sort of horrifying element of the script of the story is that she slowly takes over but she definitely starts just taking over Joe's life yeah. to the point where Joe sort of feels he's kind of sticking around for a money b sympathy and like it just he just gets more and more entangled and I didn't know that was part of the movie I was sitting there right. I thought like okay so he's just gonna deal with this wild out there person while he's writing the script it's like no it gets it gets more disturbing and he yeah. starts settling sort of settling in on this world going I guess this is my life now <laughs> like, well know? yeah I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was a movie about an older woman with a boy toy I mean that's kind of <laughs> you know but <laughs> on one hand I was like cool because we don't see that very often that's kind of nice but she was such a a narcissistic manipulative person yes. that mm-hmm. she you know in and in doing that on new year's eve where she's slits her wrists and you know mm. and keeps saying she's super melodramatic about it and she keeps telling him i'll do it again and then uh, you know and then there's uh, another time where she's got a gun and she's like i'm gonna kill myself oh, yeah. and she keeps pulling that thing that's just a manipulation to keep him mm-hmm. there which he yeah, it's, goes it's for like he's like all right just like over and well, over it, and over yeah he'd even uh max had told him that when he asked why is there no yeah. locks on the doors why yes. are there no, no yes. there weren't any doorknobs yeah. And, yeah and he's like well she's had problems we've had a we've the doctor has said we need to not let that happen so there's no razors no yeah anything yeah. left in the house that she can get a hold of and it's kind of like oh my god and then i you know i i this this watch I really felt a little differently about Joe because I I kind of felt like his he felt like he had nothing left and so he was kind of like well if I can just be here and no one's going to be coming after me for money 
and anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then what what the the kind of I I like the weird. Um, there's a kind of a juxtaposition with Betty with that yeah. character yeah. where he sees her and she kind of is falling for him even though she's engaged to Artie, his friend. Uh, but then she, he's like, she's fresh, a fresh screenwriter. She has not been through been the jaded. ringer like me. <laughs> yeah. She has a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I yes. can, I, if she sticks with me, she's going to be down in the dirt. She needs to not be with me. And I deserve, this is what I deserve to be with, you know, mm. a faded star yeah. who's going to control my life and tell me what, you know, tell me what I'm allowed to do. So he's kind of like, he's, he, you know, he's like a, a sad sack. Like he really just, you know, feels like there's nothing left for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. he does at a certain point, he does kind of, kind of become a bit of a gold digger where he's like, oh, I actually kind of like the suits and the gold things and the, you know, like, yeah, I'll resign myself to this, but at least I get this nice stuff out of it so you know mm-hmm. yeah i think i think that starts in that pretty woman scene where she takes him shopping <laughs> and asks him which which coat does he want and then oh and yeah the, yes. the guy's like well you know she's paying for it so why not get yeah the, uh, go for it, it it's the vicuna yeah 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 yes. that was awesome I, I love that you refer to that as the pretty woman scene because that's exactly what yeah. that is yes that's great <laughs> yes i uh i was reminded of uh the, the crown there's a there's a, a scene with Princess Margaret when she's older being played by Helena Bottom Carner where basically <laughs> the same thing happens. <laughs> but I mean, isn't it kind of nice to see it in that direction for once yeah. instead of the older guy with the younger woman? I mean, you know. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, the thing I like about Joe's relationship with Betty it isn't so much the romance, but I think what's reminding me about it, the thing I might like the most is, the, like, yeah, like Andrew said, like, you know, he's just forgot, like, just decided like I'm washed up as a writer I have nothing left to add as a writer so I'm just gonna stay here and just be this person's you know whatever I am and his rea- his his what his interactions with Betty has kind of reinforced is that he does love writing he does yeah. love being creative yeah and I kind of love as a you know like I'm as a person who's creative too like I get those periods where I understand that like you know like if you don't write or be created for a while you kind of get this weird depressed state especially if no one's really listening to your work or seeing your work and when you get someone who seems like you're interested in your work he is rejuvenated he's willing to risk everything because this is what makes him happier than being some empty shell of a person who is gets to be dressed up like a doll by this woman and i i kind of thought that's a really and yeah the romance eventually bleeds into that but i think i'm more fascinated by the idea that this is a reminder of who I am as a person. I am a writer and I love writing. And I'm not yeah. writing to sell, I'm writing because I'm passionate again about it. And I thought that's really interesting. Hey, we'll be back with more It's On My List in a moment. Ooh. 105 minutes of Super Mario Brothers in the can. Can't believe we did it. Uh, what's next? Obviously, Denson checks in. Oh, you mean the 1996 ape film directed by Ken Quapis? That's right. We're going to watch it one minute at a time, and for each minute that we watch, we're going to find a film that pairs nicely, like a, a wine with a fine dinner. Sounds great. See you next week. Dunstan checks min. Dunstan checks min. Dunstan checks min. I, uh, the scenes where she finally... Like she's getting calls from uh, DeMille's office 
basically oh, at Paramount, and so she's oh. like, she's making him wait. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, she's yeah, making my... him wait, and then finally they go, and there's no appointment, and the the first guard doesn't want. He's like, "Who are you?" and doesn't want to let them in. And then there's an older guard, and she's like, "Oh hey," and he's like, "Oh my God, yes, yes, come right in," because he remembers her from the I... old days. I love him, Jonesy. Yes, <laughs> he's great. He's like, come right in. Oh my gosh! So then, uh, but then we discover that they weren't calling about her script. They were calling because they wanted to rent her weird-looking old car. And mm-hmm. but while Max is learning that outside the soundstage, she's inside meeting with Mr. Demille, and. There's a moment when a guy who's got the lights, he's up working up in the rafters mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, it's Norma Desmond. And he turns the spotlight on her and then everybody else on set is like, it's Norma Desmond. And so amongst the crew, she's got all these fans who come over and are just fawning over her and she is in her element. Like that's, <laughs> She's where she belongs. She's, you know... And having this great moment, but we're learning, oh, it isn't anything that she thinks it is, and this is all about to come crashing down for her, you know. And I, I really like that scene because to me going into it, I thought I thought it kinda of would have been the opposite where she would like sit in the chair and then try to get people to come say hi right. and they would have been like, right. Who are you? But no, it was very clearly like, Oh, you used to work with these people and and even if like they didn't work with her, they're like, Oh, I I watched all your movies and all this stuff. So like she does still have fans. She just hasn't been outside and like however many years Mm -hmm. and so i don't know it's kind of that like bittersweet thing of just like no people still people still do like uh love and respect you you're just a little too far off the deep end (laughs) to be able to like interact with them on that level a great scene too with demille because he his his acting is so amazing yes yes conveys that he knows exactly what's going on he knows exactly where she is mentally right and how delicately he needs to handle her because he's worked with yes. her for, for so long mm-hmm. and i just that's that whole scene and on the on the lot is just fantastic well that's yeah. why i love the little added beat detail when demille finds out about the car and that's why she was called i love his right. line of going like forget the car all right don't use her i'll buy him i'll buy yeah. him four cars and just so you don't bother her because mm-hmm. that's the thing that's what's so wonderful about all that stuff that you guys you all mentioned before was that it like it solidifies like he does care. He does care about yes. her. And he is worried about her. And there is a fan base for her still, but it's he also knows that he can't do anything for her anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. It's, and it's really heartbreaking. And so he's doing his best to make her feel at home and make her feel loved, but also he can't, that's as far as he can go. That's as far as he's, he, mm-hmm. you know, and, and depending on the studio system, what have you. And I... I know that that to me is also one of the like, like a really powerful moment. It's just him going like, no, like no, I'll bite. Just leave her alone. Don't give her yeah. false hope anymore. Yeah. Well, and then we tumble into the into these parts where Joe, you know, where where Norma catches on that Joe's been spending time writing with Betty, and is of course <gasps> massively jealous. And so then we get a scene where she's actually calling Betty. You know, oh, pretending God. to be someone else, basically, but just saying, so oh, terrible. have you heard about Joe and like spreading these rumors about him and trying to break them up, you know, which is so juvenile. Right. <laughs> but yeah. but yeah. that's where yeah. she's at with this thing of, you know, she, he has to be hers and hers alone. And so she's going to do whatever she can. She can't do with it maturely. Uh, but then Joe grabs the phone and tells Betty, come on over. Come and see what this is. 
which I thought was really yeah. interesting that he just stopped trying to pretend and he was like, look, just come and look. And then, yeah. and then when she does, he's like, look at all this luxury. I don't want to leave this. You go, go. Like he totally tells her, go, go to your guy. Forget about me. I am going to stay here and enjoy all this luxury. Whether he actually wants that or he's just doing it, like you said, because he knows she's got a future still. Yeah. You know, it's maybe a little of both. Uh, but then, you know, Norma starts threatening suicide again because he's packing his bags and saying he's just going to leave and deal with whatever. He's going back to Ohio to write for yes. a newspaper. I Yeah, I do think that is an interesting... They give Betty a lot right here where yeah. she... When she leaves, before she leaves, she says, <coughs> she says, Joe, I was never here. I didn't come into this house. I didn't see any of this. Yes. Come with me. Like, yeah, I, yeah. she is so, she's like, I'm willing to forget and forgive and never talk about whatever this is <laughs> ever again. And, and he's like, no, that's not how it's going to be. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to leave now. And she, she has to, like, yeah. she has no other choice yeah. but to accept that Joe wants this for himself. Uh, and that, yeah, that that is what leads to his downfall. Like it is what leads yes, to. Yes. Well, well, yeah. and this this was where I had like the biggest what moment, because uh, <laughs> because Joe Joe lays out the truth for her, right? So he tells her about Paramount and the car, and about Max writing the fan letters, and, and he lays it out, and then he says, "Norma, you're a woman of 50. <laughs> I was yes. like, yes. Um, I, had that same I knew you would, at least I knew it, because we were both in our 50s, and I was like, she's what? Because <laughs> the whole time, I had pictured her as like 70. And, yeah. <laughs> but then, but then like, it was the next morning before I really started thinking about it. And I thought, well, you know, if I'd given any thought to this, I would have realized that because she was probably in her twenties in the silent films in the 1920s. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And so this movie takes place in 1950 when it came out, you know, more or less. And so she would be 50, <laughs> but then, but then that made me think about, well, you know, when I reflect back on some things that I did, some movies that I worked on that were roughly 25 years ago, I it it's in the blink of an eye. I, it doesn't seem that long ago to me that I did these things. And so I can understand how to her, you know, one, she's only middle-aged, and two, it was only 25 years ago. This was, you know, it, it, maybe 20 when she finished, What you know, something like that. And so it's just yesterday to her. So of course she can't kind of accept that this change has taken place. You know, I I, I just checked right now, and uh, Gloria Swanson would mm -hmm. have been fifty one when that movie came out. She was wow. born in that's, wow. That's yeah, right so at, probably right fifty when they filmed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they well, and they did her up. I'm sure to make her look well, but then I, I, a little I did, more. Yeah, I did remember reading something about they wanted to make her look older with makeup, and she had pushed back and said, well, if I'm, you know, this glamorous actress, I wouldn't allow myself to look older. Right. And, and so we, they, they, they tried to make William Holden look younger. That was the kind well, of, and we do that. have the whole, when she thinks she's going to get to make her movie, we have this whole, this whole run of things she's doing to, uh, 
freshen up her face basically and make herself look perfect for the screen where yeah, she's got people the, the coming in treatments. and yeah, she's got every kind of beauty treatment going on. But then at the same time, we even have a thing for where, where Joe and Betty are talking and Betty says that at one point she was, she was sort of courted to be an actress at the studio, uh, but they didn't like her nose. So she had, she spent $300 to have her nose fixed to become yeah. an actress, which she ended up, you know, not doing. It wasn't the right thing for her, but, but so you get, mm, you know, people at different ages who are doing all of this stuff to be what they're supposed to be for being on screen, you know? Again, mm-hmm. things don't change, sadly. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Except the price of a nose job. I know. Well, I was like, yeah. 300 bucks? Wow. I was going to say, what's the <laughs> inflation? My glasses cost more. Yeah, than yeah what's that. The- <laughs> uh, So that leads, yeah. I mean, that's that leads into the, that's kind of like uh, when, when Joe lays out the truth for Norma, it's kind of like that's his. He, he had his last chance to exit before things were going to go wrong for him. <laughs> this is where mm-hmm. he is going to actually leave. He he's he's packing his bags, uh, and he's he's going to walk out that door. Yeah, and that leads to kind of you know the the cyclical nature. We come back to how did he end up shot and in the pool, mm-hmm. and it and it was Norma. Like that's. I, I don't know if that was um, shocking to me the first time that I saw it, that she's the one who shoots him. I right, think. right. Mm-hmm. It was so to I think, me. Yeah, it was to me. I mean, kind of, you see it as it's about to happen, but I wouldn't have predicted that at the beginning, that it was her. Because mm. I, I, I do the, think in the noir style, that is the one mystery that this movie holds yeah. from the beginning. We yes. know that he's dead. We know he gets shot. We don't know who did it. I think that the the whole the the weirdest and slash shocking thing to me about that whole scene is that like when when we you open on it he's just like oh look at me like face down in a pool or whatever and I kind of expected it to be like this big dramatic like give me the gun no confrontation thing but he's literally just trying to leave he's just picking up his bags she shoots him in the back like, like I he's could've... literally just trying to walk away <laughs> yeah and I could have I could have imagined it being Max trying to protect Norma mm, in some yeah. manner, you know, like, how dare you do this to her or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, just I've... to have her just be like, bang, like she didn't even, it was like she did it, but she's so kind of gone at this point. Yeah. That it wasn't like something she really purposefully, like maybe she felt she was kind of in a movie as she did it was what it felt mm-hmm. like. Like, absolutely. Oh, gosh, I didn't realize that would actually kill you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of uh, expected Norma to kill her, like legit kill herself at that point. Yeah. Max mm. the finder and then Max the gun Joe down in revenge. Yeah. Ooh. That would have been really good, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but, I mean, and then it leads us to this perfect, perfect ending. Oh, yes. God. Where yes. You get the famous line, you get all the, the cameras in. And the funniest thing to me about this is like, yeah, at that time, if there was like a big crime or a murder or something, literally the, the news people would show up with the cops. And they would get all over the crime scene and then right. touch everything. <laughs> well, and you got, have go ahead. Well, I gotta say the 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 kind of like it all because like I've read that like that they were writing the script as they kind of went along with this movie, and that like when they started filming, they were only had half a script. So Wilder didn't oh, even no, know wow. how the film was gonna end. So that's why I feel like it's kind of amazing to realize that like Max, when the reveal of Max being not only. Was he a film director in the Scion era that discovered Norma, but became, uh, but also was her first husband? 
that seemed like a organic decision. That seemed like such a well-planned idea because when you get to the end and there's Max near the cameras. Yes. <laughs> yes. And he's going back to being a director. I just went, "Oh mm-hmm. my god." <laughs> like yes. Yeah. Yep. And it's well, kind I, of a, Yeah, go ahead. No. No, I it's, I loved that that it was at that point that we see Hedda Hopper where she's actually in the bedroom with Norma, with the police, mm-hmm. doing this on-the-scene report kind of thing of, you know, I'm here in the bedroom with her <laughs> watching this happen. <laughs> but but then, you know, w- w- when she hears Max say the cameras have arrived, she's excited because she's like, oh, the film mm-hmm. cameras are here. We can start filming. And she's completely 100% gone at this point. Yeah. Where she's she just in her... She thinks she's at the studio. Yeah. She thinks she's mm-hmm. filming her, her Salome movie. So she's really excited. And then, and then the cops are like, well, I guess this is a way to get her downstairs and out the door is to let her think yeah, she's Max kind of pulls them aside and yeah. it's just like just like I can get her out just like just follow my lead essentially and the the, the funny funniest saddest thing about the the ending where where she says her line I'm uh, Mr. DeMille I'm ready for my close-up is that I mean if if I, I had seen that clip before because it's it's her and then they cut to Max by the cameras and then they cut back to her and he kind of looks like Dima. I mean he's like an older yeah. bald yeah. director. True, true, that's true. <laughs> and so in her mind, like she's completely at another place. <laughs> yes. And that's yeah, and they uh I think it was I think it's Joe who, you know, as the voiceover says, the dream she had clung to so desperately has had enfolded her. And that's that's where you get the Salome music as she's coming down yes. the staircase. And oh, excellent score by the way yes. throughout this whole thing. Yes, which was uh, uh, Franz Waxman. Is that the right? Name? Oh, that's okay. Right. I was yeah. gonna say it was yes. a German. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like it's Herman or Waxman or Steiner. I can't remember. <laughs> yep, definitely Waxman. Well, this uh, it won best scoring of a dramatic or comedy picture at the Academy yes. Awards, nominated for eleven in total. Uh, nice. Academy Awards. Yeah. All of the acting categories that had a nomination, none of them won, but it was uh, mm. it, it was kind of amazing. Uh, Who won Best Actress that year? What? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? They did get the didn't they? Hold on, but yeah, they, she got the Golden Globe for Best Actress, but not the Oscar. Again, things don't change, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, Billy Wilder, uh, nominated Best Director, didn't win it. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, okay. Best pic- <laughs> it was n- nominated for Best Motion Picture, didn't win it. Like it, it only won Best Story and Screenplay, uh-huh. uh, Best okay, Art Decoration, good. Set Decoration for Black and White, and mm-hmm. Best okay. Score. Yeah, which is wild. I love that there was a separate. There was like a like. Would you say like decoration, uh, set decoration for Black and White? Yeah. Black and white, yeah. I, yeah. I believe they had to delineate. I didn't know that makes sense. I didn't know. Yeah, that. I believe also right. the the when making this, Billy Wilder had the opportunity to make it in color, but decided to make it in black and white. Which I makes think there is sense. a colorized version out there, but why? Then why do you yeah. even bother? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, but like you really need Norma Desmond in color. <laughs> like, oh. so, but it is interesting that the Oscars only gave it those. The Golden Globes gave it Best Picture, uh, Best Director, Best Actress, yeah. and Best Original Score. Like they I had it together. Why? Yeah. What else was? <laughs> now I got to look it up. What? What did win all those? Yeah. What Oscars did? Well, I do. Year? I do want to say a, a a thing that I had read was that after a screening of the film, an early screening, Louis B. Mayer had some choice words for Billy Wilder, oh, saying that oh. he disgraced 
uh, this great institution oh, that oh, brought oh, him my up. God. And uh, I believe um, I'll, he gets I'll bleep a, a myself little xenophobic uh, yes. in his comments. Yeah. Let's say. I believe Billy Wilder's retort to Luby Mayer was "Go f- yourself." It was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was, <laughs> Good hmm. for you. Maybe won't win an Oscar if I do oh, this, but it's worth it. It was uh, All About Eve won uh, oh, Best Director. Oh, fair. Uh, Ju- <laughs> Judy Holiday for Born Yesterday was Best Actress. Uh, okay. Jose Ferrer for Cyrano de Bergerac. Uh, oh, all right. All right, all right. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it when you. Yeah, I hate it when you look at things. You're like, why didn't that win? And then it's like, oh, oh yeah, that other thing did deserve it. I, I do that with Master and Commander all the time. Why didn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, that was actually okay. Uh, I, I, I want to point out because I went to Inflation Calendar, real quick. Oh gosh. A calculator, real quick. Uh, so the three hundred dollar nose job. Let's just say nineteen fifty. Then three hundred dollar nose job uh, would now cost three thousand. Two hundred and twenty-one dollars and seventy-one cents. Still seems kind of no. cheap, but <laughs> our, our economy I mean, is totally normal and working correctly. <laughs> is fine. Good point. Good point. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did. I did note to myself here that um, with the advent of social media, we're kind of all Norma Desmonds now. Where we're constantly <laughs> yes. yeah. vying for attention and being melodramatic and doing whatever, you know. I mean, I love social and media. And rarely and rarely else. interacting. I mean, like aside from 2020 and whatever's yeah. happening now, yeah. but like rarely interacting with actual people and more of just like putting up your image and <laughs> and and wanting people to look at that instead of like actually seeing you in person. Yes. Please, please follow me on my TikTok, Mr. Demille. <laughs> Ew. Don't forget to follow, like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> Hit that like button. I'm ready for my retweet. <laughs> oh my god, we need to make a short film of this. Gonna say, That'd be fantastic. I did look up the address, 10,086 Sunset Boulevard, that he gives Betty. Uh, yes, there is a house <laughs> there. No, I, yeah. It's not the house, but there is a, mm. a home there. I don't know what it looks like, but but it said the actual house was uh, where did it say it was? Somewhere else. It's it was, been knocked down, but yeah, it was demolished like only seven years after this movie. Yeah, it wasn't Aww, long, lame. but it was elsewhere in Hollywood. I can't remember what street it was on. Uh, yeah, but the whole, but apparently the apartment complex Joe, where Joe lived is still there. Of, I'm, wow. of course it is. Yes, it looked just like that. I was like, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to. They probably get a place haven't there. upgraded anything in the no, building. No, <laughs> but it probably costs a million bucks if you want to be in that window. Yeah, you know, true. Like. Yeah, true. And there is a writer. Go there. Up, and there's yeah. a writer right now trying to pitch <laughs> right. his thing to Netflix and Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking for his Norman. I'll do a rewrite on a Marvel movie, please. Um, oh, anybody else acting like Norma after this? this <laughs> <laughs> Where you have to well, you put your hands, like, yeah, you put your hands up, kind of vote. I'm curious. Does anybody has anybody here heard of the film uh, Fedora from 1978? Fedora, yeah. no. Okay, so I was just kind of peeking around, seeing what else Billy Wilder and William Holden actually did, and apparently they made a movie in 1978 called Fedora. And the, the the synopsis is down on his luck. Hollywood producer Barry Dutch, played by William Holden, attempts to uh, lure Fedora, <laughs> a famous but reclusive film actress, out of retirement. Uh huh. So I'm so like, huh. Thing. <laughs> 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 
Like, <laughs> what? I, no one seems to talk if that movie's good or not, but I find this fascinating. It's like, is that like kind of your guys' like way of doing like a sort of pseudo spiritual follow up to Sunset Boulevard? <laughs> Yeah, weird. Michael yeah. York plays himself in it. I don't know. Yes, he does. I mean, See, the fact we're that back none to of that us again. have heard of it. <laughs> we're back to that again, <laughs> where someone plays themselves. And yes. uh, yeah, so yeah, no. Interesting. I do think an- another another interesting thing about uh, Sunset Boulevard is it was in the the first group of uh, films that were added to uh, the Library of Congress and National Film Registry. Oh, cool. mm. Which is something that happens now every year, and, yes. and uh, it's you know it's it's kind of people I think kind of go oh yeah whatever, but it, it was you know it's it's a way of recognizing a film that has had a profound effect, I think, on the industry or on on the world on, on, yes. on culture and yeah and yeah. kind of encapsulates a history or like a point in time. Well, and and yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like this film has become so it's still. Uh, like that was another part of my whole she's 50 thing is realizing that this movie <laughs> this movie is 71 years old this year wow and wow. and that sent me off on a whole thing I was writing about in my blog about you know like just how old some like you can go on to TCM and watch those old silent movies which are a hundred years old some of them now yes like yeah. century old movies and we can still watch them but which at the time that Norma was dealing with being crazy like this when she was 50 you couldn't just turn on the TV and watch all her old movies on demand and like to I, I realized if she if she had been in that position today she would have like if she could have held on another 50 years you know she <laughs> she would have been celebrated at the turner classic movies the tcm classic film festival uh she would have had retrospectives of her career mm-hmm. on tcm or where or at at you know the the american cinema tech like she even being difficult she would have had the fame that she craved having later in her life like today she would have that but yeah uh i i almost wonder if uh in in kind of that universe where norma desmond is an is an actual actress she would almost have a a, re, a new renewed sense of fame because of yeah. true crime podcast trying to figure out what well, happened in right her oh right at the very yes <laughs> yes oh yeah that if she was what yes. drove her to kill the young man <laughs> the failed screenwriter that's the next podcast, fictional yeah, true crime. One way or another, oh, she would have been famous now. Oh, you know, you better put that idea in your back pocket. It's actually kind of, <laughs> it's actually right? kind of good. That's actually kind of good. Yes. A, fake, a fake true crime uh, podcast. That um, would actually oh, yes, doing all the pretty, different movie. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Oh no. Uh, oh no. Yeah. You but better, also, no. you better put that away. This is the true secret. Erase this from yeah. the yes. From cut the it out. It's on my list. Is that we come up with so many podcast ideas. That's that the, we don't even know what to do with them. That's the um, problem with being a podcast. So the mug yeah. podcast. I get this. I get this one. So Leave it I, in, I, but I, just bleep it so everyone really has to just wonder what it was. They're like itching. They like want to know. <laughs> I, I kind of want to bring up really quick the Broadway musical. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah, Glenn Close. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Glenn Close as as Norma, which is a kind of brilliant casting. Very <laughs> yeah. casting. And it's um I, I actually haven't seen it. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've seen some bits of it, but it's it's very cool because it's one of the only I'll say contemporary in quotes, of course, uh, shows on on Broadway or, or running right now where the orchestra is on stage. 
They're not in a pit. They're on stage. And it is actually a fairly, like the movie, and it's a fairly semi-full orchestra. Because if you go to see like Hamilton, you're going to have maybe two violins, a piano, a bass, and then everything else is kind of done through tracks. But Mm -hmm. but it's it's such in that universe that they're just like, no, we need like live musicians. They need to be on stage. It adds to the the pathos and the drama of it. Yeah, (laughs) wow. I wonder, hooray! uh, (laughs) The last thing I had read about that was that they were trying to make a film version of the musical. I was going to bring that up, yeah, I think so. And I don't know if that would work the same. Well, I, I, I wonder. Yeah, no, I don't know either, but I kind of cracked up when I saw that because apparently it looked like they were really close. It looked like it was actually going to start filming as of, oops, last year. And, <laughs> um, and uh, it seems like obviously, you know, citing the pandemic, we'll, they'll see what they do. Even to the point where Close looks like she will be coming back. To play Norma in the, cool. in the film, sure. um, and again, it's, it cracks me because I saw that. And I went, oh, it looks like me and Andrew have an episode possibly coming up. In a <laughs> <laughs> Always thinking like oh. a podcaster. Well, and and <laughs> if, if they were to, if they were to, like, quote unquote, remake the movie, I'm kind of glad that they would do it through the lens of like, all right, now it's a musical. We're, we're yeah. taking the musical based on the thing and doing this, as opposed to being like, all right, let's just redo the whole thing with new people and younger actors. And it's like, bah. but I kind of like that they, that they're, that they would be keeping the original, uh, the originalness of the, of the story in that, in that sense. Yeah. yeah. But the, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm glad I finally, got to sit down and watch this that you this this gave me a reason to finally get it done and yeah i really <laughs> liked it i don't know that it's a movie i'm gonna you know it's be like hey i'm gonna watch that you know but uh but i really enjoyed it i thought it was really well done uh the melodramatics of it were appropriate for what these mm-hmm. people were and uh yeah i liked it you know watching it again as an adult and understanding it better. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I, I, I can see it. <laughs> now that we're now that we're both ancient and you now know we're over fifty, ages, oh, <laughs> your time is coming. Gone. <laughs> I was um, like, yeah, I'm two I, years I, I older than her. Over again. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, this is something I could put on again and again because I love all the old references and it's just mm-hmm. it was. You know, the, the the version we saw for being at the drive-in was a beautiful print too. Everything, just yeah, so cool. it, it looked great. And I mean, you were listening to the sound in our cars, but honestly, like it sounded great. Yeah. And 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 one one thing about seeing the movie at the drive-in was like, yeah, nice to get outside again. But as soon as it came up, and of course, it's old Hollywood and all this stuff. Um, if if anybody's interested, there's an excellent podcast called You Must Remember This, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Karina Longworth, who's actually, I think, Ryan Johnson's wife, but mm-hmm. she does very deep dives into like it, c- kind of like this, like oh, here's here's Boris Karloff's life from like beginning to end, and and like oh, here's the feud that so and so had with whatever, and it's it's very very cool and very well done, and you get to know you get to know a lot more about that time period besides just seeing like the Hollywood version of it whenever you watch one of these movies. And it was kind of fun just to see you know in the shots of actual Hollywood. To see, yeah. like, to see Paramount with the original Paramount gate that's now inside the studio rather than outside, uh, and and to see those parts of Sunset Boulevard, which you know look different now, not as different as I expected, but and yeah, just to see them, yeah, going to all the and Schwab's and all the places that aren't there mm-hmm. anymore, and yeah, it was kind of cool. Uh, I do want to note, so the 
uh, you don't just have to go to a drive-in to watch this movie. I watched it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, me yes, too. That's same, how same. I watched it. In same. the comfort of my home, yes. But if you really want <laughs> and to I, see it. No, uh, Norma Desmond style. I played it safe. You know, I played it safe. What can I say? Yeah, no, I, I like, uh, you know, like like Cheryl, I, I also was like, I'm kind of, I'm glad I'm able to finally, you know, like check this off as a movie. I finally got around to seeing and I never knew what to expect when I knew about this film. I didn't know how much I was going to, you know, is it going to be so dark that I was like, oh man, how long is this? <laughs> or is this going right. to be, you know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad this is a, a really great blend of, of comedy, of, of, of noir, of, of even horror it's very unsettling and i love the mix of all of it and i love the the way it looks at hollywood at the height of that this kind of height of hollywood at the time and hearing the story about like you know like billy water telling who, who like you know telling that mayor mayor yeah to kind of like f off <laughs> it's like it's like no i'm trying to tell the <laughs> truth i'm telling the truth this is how it is you know yeah and i, I kind of love that like i feel like that's almost a reason he made this movie it was just to kind of go like this industry has existed for X amount of years and we're starting to know there's a problem with the way we treat the people in it, especially the, you know, the, the people who we put on a high pedestal because as actors, and I kind of like that this is a movie that examines that. Um, and I'll take a scratch that. I love that this is a movie that examines that. So yeah, yeah. No, I think it's great. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. And I went in completely fresh, so I had no clue what it was about very first part of it I'm like oh I hope this isn't just like a regular whodunit where we're gonna meet a detective and kind of follow through everything and I was really glad it was not that at all didn't expect the whole like deep dive into mental illness and like Mm -hmm. Norma kind of being like an emotional vampire and Max is like a Renfield and poor Joe's just a guy caught up it happened to get in her web but yeah. it, it, I, I really enjoyed the the entire ride of this. And of course, yeah. I did know the big, like, I'm ready for my close-up line from God knows millions of different things. But I don't know mm-hmm. if I knew that was from this movie until <laughs> Elise and I were talking about it before it started. And she goes, oh, well, you'll, there'll be several lines that you recognize. And when it got to that, I'm like, oh. Mm. But I think my favorite line, though, is the one where he's like, oh, you used to be big. And she's just like, I'm still big as the pictures that got small. Right. Like that line was <laughs> so beautiful. Line. I loved it so much. But yeah, this one was a surprise. And one, I, I think I would watch it every year. Like throw it on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, yeah. doubled up with the apartment. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, I could Billy see Wilder was really into New Year's in his movie. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> and tragedy. Tragedy at New Year's. Yeah. Um, Justin, you know, I didn't know if you wanted to uh, uh, talk a moment about, uh, you know, your work in Hollywood. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I'll, uh-huh. I'll try and set that up a little better. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Justin, you've done some work on a film that was uh i believe it was recently at a, a festival yeah right? uh, it's a it, it's a long time uh, a sequel uh, to a cult film yeah 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 no um we I'm, I'm associate producer of a film called lumpia with a vengeance which is a uh a sequel to uh this like kind of you know quoted as like the ultimate homemade movie from 2003 and we just we won the audience award in the Hawaiian International Film Festival, which was amazing. Um, it's a shame we couldn't be there, but hey, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm glad that it, you know uh, the films got like 
you know, the film found its, you know, the, the, the fact that it's an audience award winner to me is kind of one of those, like, that's the thing I'm very happy and proud about because that meant that, you know, like, uh, people, this, of all the movies they saw during the festival, and they, I think it was an at-home festival with a couple of drive-ins here and there, um, the fact that um, our movie is beloved by that festival is, is something I'm I'm really grateful for. So, yeah, that's no, awesome. we... Yeah, no, it's 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 a movie we've been trying to make since 2013. <laughs> it finally, <laughs> wow! It, it's if it, we filmed in 2018, uh, it took a couple more years for extra pickup shoots and getting the budget for post, etc. And um, I'm glad that the film is now getting ready to be shown through several festivals. We're getting ready to. We've already been submitting. Just hearing we're here. Just getting ready to hear word word back on when they could be when it can be viewed again, but no, it's, um, it's a, it's a movie about a Filipino superhero who throws Filipino egg rolls called Lumpia. And that's our, that's our movie. <laughs> Sweet. I love it. That, that's our movie. And, uh, it's a, a weird, I can't tell people it's like a weird mix of my big fat Greek wedding mixed with machete, but PG 13. <laughs> and, um, cool. um, and we even have Danny Trejo in the film. He's actually even in our movie. So, um, oh, nice. wow. So it's it's um it's it's a movie that I've definitely been involved with a lot. We even have a comic book tie-in that is like a prequel to the to the film, and we're actually on Kickstarter right now. I don't know when this is gonna drop, uh, but we're on Kickstarter right now, uh, kickstarting issue two, which takes place in the move during the movie, during the events of the movie. Um, so that's uh, that's gonna come up with those. I wrote issue I wrote stories for issue one. And I'm gonna write another story for issue two. So. Um, cool. Yeah, it's been no. Yeah, thanks, Andrew, for that. Allow me to plug that. I'm very. <laughs> no, it's 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 a, it's amazing. Yeah, we should yeah. all uh, look out for when when that's widely available. And I think we'll put in a, a link to uh, to the Kickstarter uh, for sure in the uh, in the description. Yes, that'll be greatly yes greatly appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Elisa, and I can be found on Twitter at this Elisa. I'm Andrew, and uh, I I do other podcasts, uh, <laughs> some of which are uh, fully completed, such as the Super Mario Brothers Minute and Dunson Checks Min. Those are minute by minute podcasts for respectively the 1993 Super Mario Brothers film and the 1996 Ape film Dunson Checks In. Go check those out at BenviewNetwork.com. And uh, you'll probably hear in a little bit from my co-host, Justin, but I'll say it right now. Uh, I do a podcast called Nothing New, a remake podcast with Justin. And he he and I uh, talk about remakes uh, every month. Every month's episode is about a different set of films that are either based on the same thing or just a, a remake of each other. Uh, so go check those out. All of that's at BenVNetwork.com. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at PodcasterAndrew. I'm Bethany Brinton. I'm a musician and composer. I compose the music you're listening to right now. You can find me at all the social things at Bethany Brinton. And we are It's On My List. You can find us at all the social things at It's On My List Pod. And if you want to send us an email, which we would really love, um, it's on my list pod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, I am Cheryl Jones. You can find me across social media at Speedway CJ. That's my personal 
accounts. Uh, you can listen to five years of Movies Made Me podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Amazon Music. Uh, you can also communicate me- with me on Discord now through Dragon Wagon Radio. I don't know how to get you there. You'll figure it out. And uh, <laughs> I'm still not that good at Discord, even though that's where we're recording this. Uh, and uh, eventually I will have my Core 4 pod ready to go. So look out for that. You can find me on social media at uh, on Twitter at Justin Kizan, Instagram at Justin Quiz, um, TikTok Justin Kizan. I'm on there too, because why not? And then <laughs> um, uh, Andrew already mentioned our podcast, Nothing New Remake podcast, and I thought he did a good job explaining it. I'm not going to repeat it. Um, <laughs> I uh, I have a YouTube channel. I just started up called Disney Plus Diversity with my co-host Johnny Parker, where we discuss uh, Disney properties and talking about. Uh, you know how they compare to kind of stuff that is uh, topics of the current, uh, you know, current era. Uh, I also do a live st- a Twitch stream show called Nerdtastics, usually on Sunday nights uh, at 7 p.m. on the Pan Geekery Twitch channel. I have my own personal Twitch channel where I just talk about movies. Listen, if you follow me just and like how I'm talking about movies in this episode, <laughs> you just follow any of my social media. I won't shut up. I will talk about movies. <laughs> on multiple social media platforms, including Clubhouse, I guess. I don't know. So that's where you can find me. (laughs) Um, And uh, I think that's all the things I can plug outside of uh, be on the lookout for Olympia with a Vengeance when it hopefully gets to some platform, depending how this year goes. (laughs) And I'm Joe Myers. And based off of today's episode, look out for our new podcast, Hollywood in Crime. (laughs) I love it. I actually really want to do that. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Joe Myers. And I also am a co-host on a horror podcast called Podcast Macabre. You can find us at podcastmacabre.com and find all our social media presence from there. And this has been It's On My List. <laughs>